Today on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast, episode number 33, my interview with Carrie Green from ChristianFamilyHome.com. In this episode, we talk about how important communication is in a family, and also many other issues and challenges that we face every day as a parent, as a family, next in the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. And I really, I really, from the bottom of my heart, want to say thank you for being here. I know. I know it's dad, parent, busy adult. I can tell my experience that we're stretched thin. And if you can time, listen, I want to say thank you. Thank you. And if this is your first time, hello, welcome. This will be a weekly podcast dedicated to a sense of community. Right now it's been bi-weekly, but I want to be weekly. So we have a sense of community. I want, I want, to, I want to start a community in the sense of, because you know what? We all need a hand sometimes. We all need somebody to talk to. You know, reach out, comment on the podcast, leave leave comments in the sp- um, speed pipe right in the corner, right right in the right hand corner if you look on the computer. Also, reach out to me. My contact, is, contact information is no sitting on the sideline.com slash contact. There'll be any topics about being a dad, a parent, and a well rounded person. For example, like parenting, especially in this day and age, like with iPads and phones, digital parenting. Or, you know, want to work on less sugar in your life, like sugar addiction or mindfulness. How do I benefit from this podcast? Well, you get to come along for the journey and discovery with me because we don't have the answers. And that's why I'm doing for this with this for you in this podcast is trying to find the answers. We're all going through some kind of issues. Some similar issues, same issues. I hate saying the same. But we, we need we need help sometimes. I love being a dad and a parent. I know parenting stuff is not easy. No matter if you're a dad or a mom or a grandparent or or just being a busy adult, sometimes it's not easy. Really, I'm not an expert. I don't have the answers, but I'm on a journey of discovery. How I can contribute to this world. And make it a better place. Because I was thinking the other day. How I. I do want to make it a better place. I want that. Maybe someday. Maybe someday I can realize. That I'd maybe reach out and help somebody sometime. Some one time. Well. Next up. My interview with Carrie Green from ChristianJamHome.com Carrie was a pastor for over 27 years. Before moving into the um, business world. When he was a pastor, he helped counsel people through many family issues. Today we talk about divorce, how important communication is, and how to talk to your children. And one of my favorite is honesty. That's huge too. Being a pastor, he's also a father of five kids and a grandfather. So I really enjoyed this conversation. So let's jump right into the interview. 
Today on the podcast, my guest, Carrie Green from ChristianHomeAndFamily.com. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate the invite. Well, thank you for reaching out. I appreciate it, too. I got to ask, because, you know, your grandfather and a dad now, too. I mean, dad also. What is one of those moments you're like, oh, man, I didn't mean to do that. Like one of those, oh, dad did that oh, mistakes. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, it happens every time. This year on Father's Day, I was up early. I'm a, I'm a morning person. So I was up early and I uh, was getting ready for for church and the rest of the family's in bed. Uh, one of my daughters, who's an adult, had come home for Father's Day. So, I mean, everybody's at home. And I uh, I go in and I'm making toast and, you know, one piece pops and I think, okay, well, the other piece, you know, they were in separate sides of the toaster. I thought, well, the timer's not not working right or something. I'll just watch it. And the fire alarm goes off <laughs> at, at like 5.30 a.m. in the morning. And, uh, you know, I, I was tempted. I didn't, but I was tempted to yell, Happy Father's Day! <laughs> really loud, but, you know, now my brother was joking. He was saying the joke around the family now is going to be, do you remember that Father's Day when dad tried to burn down the house? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Because yeah. we, yeah. we all have those moments. Even I can, I can totally relate to those moments like, Oh man, I should have done that, but that was funny as heck. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I mean, my my kids were uh, laughing after the fact. That's for sure. They didn't appreciate the fire alarm going off though. <laughs> well, and the one, was it? the one that's in my son's room has this woman's voice that says "fire, fire." <laughs> you know, so <laughs> <laughs> came one of those. You're like, am I dreaming or is this really yeah. going on? <laughs> I guess we're talking about Father's Day. Can you remember one of those memorable Father's Day gifts? Like anything interesting you might think of? You know, the one that I remember the most was a circular saw. And I was a DeWalt circular saw I was wanting for uh, quite a while, and it showed up on Father's Day. That was really cool. Oh, cool. You do a lot of um, on your own construction house, fixing things and stuff like that, like that I guess. Yeah, not a lot. But I, I like to, you know, if, if it's fixable, I like to try at least. And then we call in the real people to do damage control on what I've done. <laughs> I was, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I can understand. I'm putting, I had to put a futon together. And I'm like, yeah. I'm reading these directions going, I don't need that screw. Maybe that. <laughs> and after, after I put them together, I'm like, I put the washer on the wrong side. I'm like, I'm yeah. not taking it apart. I'll, I'll tighten the screws. I'm not taking it apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just crank down on it. It'll be fine. Exactly. Well, let me, um, I guess, ask, let me Tom, ask you a little about yourself. What do you do? What is your website about? Yeah, well, the Christian Home and Family website is probably the first website that I started once I got into the online space. And that was back in 2012, 2013, around there. And uh, it comes from both my faith, my Christian faith, and my experience as a pastor. My wife and I did a lot of family counseling, marriage counseling, those kinds of things. And uh, after moving out of pastoral ministry and into business, it still was on my heart to help families and to help parents. And so I figured a website was a good way to do that. So I have a podcast that at this point publishes periodically because other business things are are kind of taking precedent, but I still blog occasionally and I still uh, do some counseling with people on the side as well. So it's a, it's a active ministry in that sense. What is the name of your podcast? Uh, that particular podcast is called the Christian home and family podcast. I have I have two others that have to do with uh, business-related things. One is a podcasting-oriented podcast, and the other is a is a business sort of podcast. I think I was listening to one. I think one of yours today it was like a five-minute podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have these little five-minute uh, morning mindset things that I put on uh, Facebook every morning. So, yeah, that's probably was me. <laughs> what is it? What is a mindset? What is like? What is that all about? Well, my my mindset kind of resets to a default. 
of how we were raised and how we've learned to think about life and about ourselves. And so every morning as we wake up, we need to do the work of resetting our mindset in a positive way and in an encouraging way for ourselves so that we can do the best we can in the day. And so the morning mindset episodes are Christian-based, so they're based on scripture and drawing out truth about who God says we are and how that can affect the day that we're about to live. Almost like it seems like if um, it would fall back into the sense that um, we would fall back into our habits the next morning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think most of us, you know, we grew up in in families that weren't perfect, and so you know, things that were said and done, and the hurts that are there, you know, they kind of they kind of are able to creep to the surface while we're sleeping. And so, it's not uncommon for people to wake up in the morning feeling condemned or like they're worthless or whatever whatever they got programmed into them as a child. And so, you know, it's it's just my attempt to help every morning for people to get their mindset back on track. It's, a, it's good. I listened to a few episodes, a few, a few minutes on the way home tonight, and um, and I found it very interesting. And they continue to, I didn't realize I even had it in my in my list of podcasts. I mean, I have so many on my phone. I'm like, I saw the one with your website. I'm like, I saw that. I'm like, oh, I have that in my, I have that in my phone. I'm like, I got to check it out. <laughs> well, great. I'm glad you found it fun. What do you think about, you said you were a pastor for 27 years. Um, I wonder if you talk about that. What was it like being a pastor and, and, and doing the ministry? Yeah, well, I got into pastoral ministry uh, really because I felt called to it. It was the thing where uh, I expected to go into business right out of college. And uh, halfway through college, my heart started changing. I, I was just feeling like I needed to get involved in ministry and, and uh, teaching more than anything else, teaching the Bible. And so uh, that's how it, it panned out over the next few years after I was married and and uh, it was it was really a time of walking alongside people. That's how I think of of pastoring. It's you know the word pastor comes from the word shepherd in the Greek language. So it's the idea is you're you're walking with the sheep. You're helping the sheep along their path. And you know a good shepherd feeds the sheep. He cares for the sheep. He protects the sheep. And and all of those things apply to being a pastor in some ways at certain times. And so it really was a very fruitful and, and fulfilling time of helping people in life. It's it's very much a helping profession in that sense. What are some of the challenges you've seen that families deal with day to day? What was some of the you were counseling with them? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, the normal uh, communication issues, the normal uh, issues of knowing how to uh, be understanding of someone else's point of view, you know, especially as kids start growing up and they become adolescent and teenagers, they start forming their own opinions. And, you know, that can be a very tumultuous time for both parents and kids. And so, you know, helping parents to learn, you know, how your kid is thinking and how to communicate with them well and how to do so in a way that builds them up rather than beats them down. And, you know, again, depending on how you were raised as a, as a parent, it, it's either easier or harder depending on the circumstance that you're in. So uh, those are the kinds of things that we dealt with most of the time, but there were also things such as divorce and, uh, you know, a parent who was unfaithful to the, to the other parent. And so how are the kids dealing with that? I mean, there's just all kinds of, of things. I mean, if it's out there in the world uh, for, for families to struggle with, we probably walked through it in one way, shape or form. I guess um, a divorce seems more prevalent nowadays, I guess. The lot of divorces and it could be good or it could be messy. Um, I was wondering if you want to we'll talk about that. Some of the things experienced when you're we talking to families. Yeah, there was always that that issue. I mean, I can think of four or five just right off the top of my head where one or the other parent was wanting a divorce, and then there's kids involved. So 
you know, that, that has a dramatic impact on the kids. I haven't met a, a child yet who at least initially doesn't think it's their fault. I mean, it's really kind of weird, you know, it's between mom and dad, but the kids for some reason turn it, turn it inside and think it's their fault that dad's leaving mom or that they did something to make the parent unhappy that's leaving. You know, it, it's really kind of, kind of crazy, but it, it's the way it is most of the time. And so helping the parents know how to be there for their kids, even though a divorce is going on and how to help them have as secure a home as possible. That's quite a challenge. It is a challenge both parents and, and, and you got to, I mean, I guess you got to talk to them and say, listen, it's not about, it's, it's between mom and dad, not to you. And then also too, try to make sure to keep the kid out of the, because some parents like use the kid as a pawn. Yeah. Oftentimes. And it's, it's really hard because if there was, uh, you know, an injustice or an issue of unfaithfulness that happened, uh, it, you know, it's hard to know how to be honest about that without, you know, making the situation worse. It's really a, a difficult thing, and a lot of it depends on the age of the child and and all of that. So, it, you know, every situation is a little different than the one before. I was wondering too, since you're at five kids, and you must have experienced all different kinds of discipline <laughs> when it comes to experience with discipline in your children. What are some methods you and your wife use to? I say I discipline, but to show rules and set rules and 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 stuff like that. Yeah, well, I think the most important thing that we discovered was to be communicating from a very early age the standards of the home. So, you know, our, ch our children are growing up with this understanding that, you know, honesty matters and we always tell the truth. You know, we're, we're talking about that from the time they can comprehend. Uh, and of course, you talk on their level. But what that enables you to do is as they grow older, it's kind of woven into their DNA. And then as they're, as they're older and able to understand more and reason about things, you're able to draw upon that that thing that you all agree upon and apply it to a situation that comes up, you know. And so, so for example, you know, uh, you can just tell your kids lying. Sometimes you can just you could just tell they're lying about something because they because they they fear they're going to get in trouble or they're they're you know there's some consequence they don't want. And so, you know, we would draw on that principle. Now you remember in our family, the truth really matters. We you know we always tell the truth. So. Are you telling the truth right now? Are you telling me everything the way it really happened? You know, and and sometimes, you know, it's easier to get them to admit and confess. And and when they do, rather than being real hard nosed about it, we we would thank them for telling the truth and we'd praise them for telling the truth because the truth really is what we're after. And so, uh, you know, that encourages them many times to be uh, to be more forthcoming in the in the first place rather than trying to hide or, or lie about something. Since you um, experienced that and you see the out, because obviously you see the outcome, you have older children, you see that it really helped to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, our older children, my oldest son, for example, he's 25 years old now and has three boys of his own. And we just got back from a visit to their home. And uh, I see him doing the same kinds of things with his boys. And it, you know, what that communicates to me as a dad was that that was effective with him. Because he he saw it as a valuable thing, and now he's carrying it on into his parenting in a in a deliberate way. And you know, there's other other examples with the other kids, you know. But they all, I I feel like, are very honest. They're you know they're very truthful, and and it's a conviction that they own for themselves. It's not just passed down from mom and dad. It really is theirs. Well, it's interesting because other the other the other point of it is, I can remember me growing up is if you did something wrong, you got a spanking or and yeah. And then more, you, you don't learn anything. You're just more with fear of your parents. 
Yeah, in some senses, I think it depends on how spanking's done. I mean, we utilize spanking at times, but it was for, you know, deliberate rebellion sort of things, you know, where you had told them not to do something and they look you in the eye and do it anyway. You know, it was that sort of thing, or it was a thing where there was intentional uh, uh, meanness going on toward a sibling or something like that. And, and it wasn't just a spanking isolated from the relationship. We would always apply the spanking, but then sit with the child afterward, hold them in our lap, hug them, tell them how much we love them, help them understand why the spanking happened and what they need to do next time. You know, it was all, all couched in a, a very clear context of, of love. So I think a lot of times, you know, spanking is, is demonized because it, it, you know, can be abused very easily. And you, you just have to be very intentional about it and very careful. Well, it's basically, it's basically a tool. I mean, some people use, yeah. use it because they can't control their own anger and all of a sudden they just take it out on the kid. Yeah, exactly. And that's the wrong way to, to use any kind of physical punishment. I mean, and then, and then my whole thing is, I guess, my, my opinion is, I guess, is that I'm afraid that if I do to my son when I'm 50 or 60 years old and he gets angry, he doesn't know how to do it and he's going to hit me. So, I mean, I don't know if I want to do that and go that route. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally understand what you're saying. And I think the key thing that you mentioned there is angry. You know, if you're, if you're angry, uh, it's much better to walk off, take a breather, uh, figure out what the real issue is and why you're so angry before you approach the child for any kind of discipline. Because, you know, anger that, that is not controlled is, is like a wildfire. You know, it'll just, it'll just gobble up everything in its path. And then, and, and I think it builds walls and no communication happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get resentment and bitterness and pain that is, is incredibly hard to overcome. It's interesting. Interesting. Um, one thing I was wondering, you said something about coaching, right? You offer coaching? Yeah. My, uh, my other websites, just my name, carriegreen.com, uh, is a personal uh, life coaching and business coaching website. So I'm helping individuals who feel like they're stuck in life to kind of get to the root of those things and, and move forward. A lot of it is, is encouragement and accountability and helping people devise a game plan for, for what it is they need to address and how to address it. And it all, in my case, comes from a Christian standpoint. So from, from scriptural truths. And then there's a business coaching side of it as well, where I'm helping people build online businesses and things of that nature. Interesting. I mean, I hear that all the time though, life coaches. And I'm always wondering, what is a life coach? What is that? What is that all about? Because I hear it all the time. Yeah. In my mind, a life coach is someone who, who really listens, uh, who has some experience maybe down the road a little further than you do in the areas that you're wanting to grow in. And then can help you kind of uncover what are the obstacles that are holding you back from getting where you really want to go. And it's all, it's all about the right kind of questions and the right kind of encouragement. And then there's obviously got to be an accountability piece to hold that person accountable. So between now and next time we meet, what is your game plan? What are you going to do? And then, so, you know, the person kind of, kind of figures out one or two baby steps or maybe a significant step that they're going to take. And then the life coach would would follow up with, okay, and so next time, is it okay with you if I ask you about that? And I'm, I'm going to make sure that you've you've done this. And the person goes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, life coach is really a partner to help you get where you want to go. I mean, everybody falls into ruts. I mean, I mean, you must seem that being a life coach. What is, what is like some of the reasons why people fall into ruts? I think a lot of the reason is uh, a lack of belief or confidence in themselves and you know, I mentioned it a few times already, but I think the way that each of us is raised either contributes to a healthy sense of ability and competence 
or depending on the kinds of things that were were done in your home as you were growing up, contributes to a negative sense of competence. And so some of it is realizing, you know, we're all made, created in such a way that we're incredibly creative and we're incredibly ingenious and we can figure out the way to, to do things. But a lot of people really struggle with believing those kinds of things about themselves. And, and if they believe that already and then a circumstance comes up where they fail at something, well, they just take that as evidence that, see, I'm no good at things. I'm a failure. But that's really not the case. It's just that in this case, you know, you had to learn something from the failure. I mean, how many of us learning how to walk, you know, were a success right away? I mean, none of us were. We, we had to fail. We fell. We bumped our head on the coffee table. We had all these experiences that taught us how to balance and how to move forward. But we didn't give up. We, we kept trying. But there's something that happens between childhood and adulthood and I think it's, you know, the way people respond to you, it's the the failures and the pain that comes from them. It causes many of us to just kind of shut down in terms of that diligence to keep trying. And, and instead, we'll just give up and not shoot for the things that we really feel like we want in our lives. And so a life coach is there just to help someone figure out those issues and then start moving forward. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that. Like when the kids were, well, I mean, I see my son is four years old now and I see him, you know, really vibrant and, and um, wants to talk to everybody, really friendly, wants to do everything. And, and, and I know as you get older, peer pressure, bullying, and it can even, even that affects, and I think sometimes affects as a kid can last into adulthood. Yeah, absolutely. It's not always something that happened in the home. Sometimes it's a, it could even be like a tragic accident or, uh, you know, some kind of uh, birth defect that the child has that all the other kids make fun of. You know, there's just, there's just all kinds of things that could contribute to a, a person not believing in their own ability and their, their own self enough. And uh, it's important, you know, when, when you recognize that, that you get help because chances are, if you've lived with it for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you, you don't see it very clearly and you need someone objective who can come alongside and help you find, find out what it is and address it. Well, it's like that. Like some, I guess some friends can be very helpful. Like, Hey, I, yeah, I know you go the bad time, but sometimes it just it's not an objective point of view. Yeah, sometimes friends or family members are a little too close to the situation and and they're concerned about, you know, quote unquote hurting your feelings, and so they won't be in, entirely honest about what they see. And that's the benefit of of having a coach in your corner is they're able to come alongside and and just be real candid about it in a nice way and and in a friendly way because a, a true coach really cares about their clients it's not just you know money in the bank from somebody paying for for a service and so so they're kind and they're loving about the way they do it but they're direct and they're and they're clear because they want to see you succeed they don't want to see you continue to get stuck in the ruts that you have found yourself in almost like it's it's kind of like you you kind of you have to skin the game if you pay somebody to be a coach keep you accountable it's almost like you have to skin the game yeah, exactly. That's that's why I think coaching is a valuable thing because only the people who are serious about addressing the issues in their lives that are holding them back are going to take that step to pay for this help. And then that that payment that like you said skin in the game, man, that that pushes them because it's kind of like me, you know, I won't I won't pay for a health club membership because I know I'm not going to go, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it, to me, it's not that I I don't want to stay fit. It's that the drive to the club and the time it takes to go in the locker room, you know, it's a time issue. So I'd much rather just jog in my neighborhood or exercise at home and and all that sort of stuff. But if I were paying for it and weren't using it, man, it would drive me crazy. And I think coaching's kind of the same way. I mean, we all done that before. We all yeah. memberships going I drive by and wave to it. Hey. <laughs> hey yeah. Yeah. Go one we, time. What's that? 
I was going to say we pay for it to be able to say, hey, yeah, that's my gym. I belong to that gym. Yeah, exactly. Well, I got a status symbol. Yeah, I am. Oh, <laughs> I've done that before, believe me. Um, yeah. One thing I was just wondering, too, more about um, your podcast Fast Track stuff. I, I was interested about that because you as a fellow podcaster. I just wonder your experience. Yeah. Well, I started podcasting with the Christian Home and Family podcast back in 2013 or maybe it was late 2012. And uh, just I had a little bit of radio background. So when I discovered that podcasting was a thing, I just thought, man, this would be a great way to get this uh, home and family ministry off the ground. And so I started that podcast and I uh, have really enjoyed it. I think podcasting is a great way to, uh, you know, build a following and and uh, get your expertise in a certain area out into the public. But it's it's not a fast gain. It's it's a slow game. And, uh, you know, you got to be consistent. You got to uh, put out good content. You've got to truly be helping people. And I think I think just as important as any of that is you've got to be yourself. You know, people people are going to resonate with you and your style and your story. And and I feel that way from you, Joe. I feel, you know, you're you're just being yourself. You're just talking about things that are of a concern to you and uh, not worried about, uh, you know, making it radio sounding. I mean, I mean that's the beauty. It's the beauty of podcasts is is you can just be yourself and people expect you to be yourself. And so uh, the right people who you're supposed to reach are the ones who resonate with what you're doing. And that's how you build the following and how you have influence in the world. It's interesting. It's such a global a global reach, too. I mean, when you look at, uh, I think one time I looked at my, I know stats, but I looked at, like, I don't really care about the number. I more care about where the location is. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like I find it fun. I'm like, Siberia. Somebody listened to me in Siberia. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I noticed that as well, that the global aspect of it, I noticed somebody in Madagascar had listened to my podcast. It was, <laughs> wow. I had to look on a map. Where is Madagascar? You know, um, but it was cool. It really is cool. It's also too, when you first start, I guess you had experience in radio, but first starting is it's, it's a, it's a big leap of faith. I mean, you, you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, it really is. And except to just try and keep going. Uh, as you as you do it more, you get more comfortable with it. It's just like riding a bike or you know learning a new hobby or skill. The more you do it, the better you get. How does your family feel about the podcast and the stuff like that? How, what's their uh, thought about it? Well, I mean, they love it generally speaking, just because it it's what pays the bills. <laughs> we have this podcast fast track is actually a podcast production company, so we do audio editing and we write show notes and we have you know thirty six clients now, I think, and you know that's what pays the bills. So everybody loves it for that that you know in that respect. But at the same time, they they like that you know, I'm able to produce podcasts for myself and continue to have influence like I had in the ministry for 20 years. And now I'm able to do that in a different way and to a broader audience. And, and it's really kind of a, kind of a neat thing that everybody's behind. I don't, you know, it, it's funny early on with the Christian home and family podcast, I did a few episodes with my kids and with my wife and uh, all of them. It's funny are not like on air people. They just don't like that being in the limelight, so to speak. And so they did one episode and then they said, they said, I don't think I want to do that again. So, uh, you know, I guess I'm the, I'm the out front guy in the family. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Cause, um, I think my, my feelings about it is that I meet interesting people. It's people I would never normally get to meet unless I had a podcast. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I made, um, it's funny. One of the interviews I did, the guy, he texts me every day, every week to make sure, Hey, how you doing? How's things going? And I would never expect that. It was, it's just an interesting medium. 
Yeah, it really is. I've uh, met a lot of people as well. And it's, it's kind of funny. You can reach out to just about anybody and say, I have this podcast. I would be, I'd love for you to be a guest. And I think the majority of the time, the people say yes. It doesn't matter who it is, which is really an interesting phenomenon. Because I'm just a dude with a, a, a microphone and a laptop and, a, and my bedroom with a desk. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm not some big production company. It's kind of it's yeah. neat. Yeah, it is. I heard somebody saying the other day that they uh, were doing their, they've been doing their podcast for like two years and, you know, they've got a following and a listenership, but they didn't realize how significant the influence was they were having until a conference that is about the niche they podcast about uh, invited them to come. And so paid for the trip, put them up in this fancy schmancy hotel, uh, had him paraded around at the event the whole time and people asking him questions and wanting autographs. And, and, you know, this guy's just like you, he sits in his bedroom at his desk and, and talks into a microphone. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what podcasting is doing for, for people. But it's, yeah. it's a great medium. Um, I was wondering, what is your, I would say wrapping up, what was your final thoughts um, for dads and, and, and family? Yeah, well, I love, First of all, Joe, what you're doing this, you know, get get off the sidelines, get get involved. Um, I love that whole theme because that's exactly what I would encourage dads to do. You know, it's easy to think of yourself only as provider or only as a worker, you know, and you you provide the food and you provide the money in the home and all that stuff. And career is important to men. I totally get all that. But, you know, my wife one time bought me a shirt and I think the line was actually stolen from Dr. Laura long ago, but uh, the shirt said, my real job is at home. And man, that really spoke to me because it just reminded me, even as a pastor, you know, I, I need to leave the church stuff at the church when I come home and I need to come home and be there for my kids because they need my influence. They need my encouragement. They need me to delight in them and build them up. And 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 basically, I, I have the job of of making a human being, a responsible adult human being. And, you know, there's no bigger job in the world. And I, I just would encourage the dads, you know, take that seriously. It's something I think we're all going to be held accountable for. And uh, I think that, you know, that good parents can change the world. I agree. I agree. And um, I'll make sure all the show notes, um, the show notes, leave the links and stuff to your, the pod, your podcast and your websites. I want to thank you, Kerry, for being on the podcast this evening. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely, Joe. Thanks so much. Well, that's all I have for this episode. I want to say thank you for joining me on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast. And I really want to give thanks to Kerry Green for being a guest on the podcast. You can find more about Kerry over at ChristianHomeAndFamily.com and KerryGreen.com. Also, you can find, if you're interested in podcasting or need editing service, if you're a podcaster yourself, head over to PodcastFastTrack.com. He has that, and it'll be very helpful with your editing and your podcast. Also, you can find the show notes for this episode and any links that I gave out during that we gave out during the show over at nosittingonthesideline.com slash 33. Please comment on the podcast. All podcasts help improve the show. Leave a rating and review. The link will be down in the show notes for where you can get, um, find the episode and the show and Apple podcast. Something else I'd like maybe if you have a chance and check it out is head over to no sitting on the sideline.com Patreon page. Yes, this is a Patreon page. It helps support the show. Go check it out. I would really appreciate it. that link will be in the show notes also. 
Well, thank you for your time. Until next time, have fun. Get involved with each other. Give them hugs. Listen, what they have to say. You will be surprised. Believe me, I, I'm amazed sometimes at my son to stuff come out of his mouth. <laughs> well, take care. God bless. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media. Foley 42 Media.